What's happening, everyone? Here and Ben back again, and we are in the holiday season, so we are going to be covering some Christmas movies. Ben, ha- ha- Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It doesn't really feel like Christmas to me um, here in New England because we have unwhite Christmas. Well, for me, it's the the fact that they they rush Christmas now. Oh yeah, and uh, it, like in September they had Christmas stuff out. For me. That's hard because I grew up where, you know, you had to wait for Christmas. You had to wait for these things to come out. And it made it more exciting. So for me, like, this time of year isn't as exciting as it was when I was a kid. Absolutely. And I feel like we both work retail in our main life. And I think sometimes at this time of year, it feels soul crushing. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Especially, like, with dealing with the different customers and, like, the, the attitudes. And, you know, for people that, like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, they don't work retail. So that's something that they they should maybe do it once in their life and see how wonderful it truly is. Exactly. But we are not bitter. Unlike the disillusioned elf Peppermint from the movie Candy Cane Lane that uh, Ben and I are covering this week. This is a new film on Amazon Prime. It is starring Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross um, and Jillian um, Bell. Those were like the three main names for me. Um, Actually, there's a lot of names in it. Like Nick Offerman was in it. Like. We had a lot of people in it, so I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, brand new movie. Ben, you were actually the one to suggest it to me because you had seen it before I had um, when we were talking about planning out our Christmas movies. So kind of give me a brief rundown of your history with the film. So um, I was just going through um, Amazon Prime looking at stuff, and I saw that there was a new holiday movie. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm interested because I like holiday movies, and, you know, it, it's hard to get a good one nowadays. So... When I saw it, I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. And um, it had Eddie Murphy. And I was like, uh, his movies haven't been great lately. So let me check this out. But uh, I was actually pleased with it. I, I thought it was much better than what I was expected. I, I went in there with low expectations. And it was actually a cute story. Uh, it was original. And it made a lot of sense. And it was funny. It was. It, it's one of. The, it's definitely a family movie. Definitely a feel-good movie. Um, and it was an interesting take on the 12 days of Christmas. I did. I did like that. So, of course, as you know, we're going to go over the points of the story while we talk about it. And, of course, spoilies ahead. So we have um, Eddie Murphy. Chris is his name. And he is works for sales. He has three kids. His wife is trying to get a promotion. And they live. Okay, so they don't live on Candy Cane Lane, but they do this thing called Candy Cane Lane where all the houses decorate their house insane for, like, a prize. And it's typically just bragging so that part to me felt very like Christmas with the cranks where everyone like has to like decorate their house like collectively but I don't know so I thought it was really interesting and the amount of like time and money that people put into it I mean his across the street neighbor Ken Marino his blow-up house like he just like has all these like blow-ups I thought that was so funny yeah and like for me the decorations and everything reminded me when I was younger, there was this house in Peabody, Mass. And every year they do the decorations. And it was like a place that everybody went to go see. Like this was the one house in, in, in Peabody and in the area that was like the most important Christmas house you had to see because of all the decorations they had every year. Uh, I don't believe they do it anymore. But um, that was sort of remind me of it. Reminded me of like the competition, you know, the, you know, you want your house to be the most extravagant Christmas thing. And it was just fun. Exactly. And you can tell like all the residents of this street, not Candy Cane Lane, have a really fun time doing it. They all look forward to it. Eddie Murphy likes to do a lot of like woodworking. So he likes to really incorporate that into his house. People kind of make fun of him for it. 
Um, and he's good, but he never really wins. Ken Marino always wins. So now we follow him throughout his day and we hear that his wife, her boss supports her promotion. So she's getting really excited, amping up for the big meeting. And then, of course, Eddie Murphy has a meeting and his does not go so well. He gets laid off. The company got bought out. He's he's aged out of sales. He gets laid off. So now he's really stressed out. So when they go to celebrate the opening of Candy Cane Lane, it is revealed that this year they also get $100,000. So now everyone is going crazy. And I thought it was, I thought the two, what did you think of the two announcers? I thought they played off each other well. It was like one was trying to be very professional and like, you know, die hard to the T about how how serious the situation was and like to take the role. And the other one was just like this feel good, want to have fun, just wants to laugh, like, you know, wanted to make it extravagant kind of and like they're op- they're totally opposite and I thought that was the, the the way they played off each other was kind of fun. I totally agree. And I don't know the actor of the male um co-host, but he played Jonah in Veep and to me he seemed like he played like the exact same character, this very like deadpan like tryhard and I thought it was really funny. I thought they were hilarious. I agree. They played off each other really well and I liked how much they were kind of like in the story. Because I felt like they were kind of going to just be like throwaways, but they were kind of like a little bit like narrators and points. So I did really like that. So now Eddie Murphy gets um, laid off. They're going to their family's, their um, friend's house for the reveal of Candy Cane Lane. It's $100,000. Everyone's freaking out. And Eddie Murphy's like, this is going to save my family. This is what I need. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. I'm going to save my family. And so obviously he's his wife's like, no, you should be looking for a job. He's like, no, I need to be decorating the house. Like, we need to win this $100,000. And like, okay, so I know there's like a reveal at the end about the $100,000, but did you think it was a little suspicious that it would just be like, oh yeah, 100000 Like, where did this small network get that money? Like, no one questioned it. Yeah, I thought it was funny when they did do the big reveal. I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense now. I was like, no, I totally get it. And um, But it was just funny to think that like, how people react towards the number, uh, not the reality. It was the number that everybody was focused on and not the reality of what it actually was. Exactly. And I think, and I think too, that like that we can talk about that later because it kind of comes into play with like Pepper and Eddie Murphy. So now Eddie Murphy's got to decorate the house and he takes his youngest daughter because she's like, I'm going to help you. Like, obviously like, and then um, they go to Home Depot. Everything's blown out. It's ready for Valentine's Day. Something I wanted, something you had mentioned honestly before this is how holiday circles so fast through retail. And it's like, okay, like before Thanksgiving, we were like halfway sold out of all our Christmas candy. And it's like, what? Like, that's crazy. So I thought that was really interesting that they showed that in the story. So then, okay. So then they drive past this place called Kringles and it feels like it popped up magically, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because like they lived in that town their, their whole lives and they've never seen this place. And then mysteriously, like the day they need Christmas ornaments, there is this place called Kringles. So, I mean, yeah, it was like definitely magical. Absolutely magical. But then I want to talk about this because the magic of the movie seemed off to me. Because so obviously Kringles appears to Eddie Murphy and his daughter in their time of need. But then they keep returning to the store and we see other people in the store. So now is it just like a normal store while he's in this contract? I don't know. That's a good point. But um, it doesn't really say, like, if she tries to, like, manipulate other people or, like, maybe, like, she can't really do anything. Once she gets one contract under under wraps, she can't really do another contract until that one plays out. Right. But then why would she keep her store open to the public if her whole th- thing is 
to get these like co- these people. I don't know. I don't know. The magic of it was a little off to me. It didn't make sense, and I thought that was funny. But that also ties into part of the ending, so I, that's why I bring it up. I got a lot to say. So now they're at Kringle's, and we meet Pepper or Peppermint, Jillian Bell, and her evil elf kind of like crazy vibe was at first. So I watched the movie twice. And the first time I watched it, it was off-putting to me because I was like, she can't pick what she's doing. Like, I don't know. But then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, she, like, is just, like, a person who's gone crazy. So this is, like, how they would act. What? How did you interpret it? So Peppermint used to work for Santa. She's kicked out of Santa's uh, workshop because of, like, how she's, like, everybody's bad, everybody's bad. And she tries to, like, you know, be very domineering towards, like, everybody and make them, like, no matter what they do, they're always bad. I think the loss of her connection to Santa made her more crazy, and that's why she becomes the way she does, because she's taken away from Santa's whole, like, right, righteousness, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely, and I get that. I just thought it was, like, played out weird, um, because what it really reminded me of was, um, did you ever see the movie Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so... Small tangent like we do. Fred Claus is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's very cute. It's very funny. Vince Vaughn, Rachel Weisz, Paul Giamatti, Kathy Bates. Um, huge cast. Elizabeth Banks. Like, huge cast watched it. Very cute. But they do they deal with this same issue in Fred Claus at a, in a different way. And obviously, this isn't the overarching issue of um, Candy Cane Lane. But what um, Pepper deals with is, like, who's a good kid and who's a bad kid, right? So in Fred Claus... They talk about how um, Vince Vaughn has to go through the files of these kids and mark them as naughty or nice. And he goes and he marks all of them as nice. And Santa's like, you can't, we can't make all these toys. Like there has to be some naughty kids. And he's like, no, I think every kid deserves a present on Christmas. And I think that is so interesting to see that versus like Santa's like, oh, we have to have someone naughty, like not understanding children versus in this one, you have a, a, like an underling of Santa who's trying to call kids naughty and Santa being like, well, you got to be a little bit more lenient. And I think it's interesting how those Santas were depicted, like, cause they're both obviously businessmen and um, mythical creatures, but it's like one's more concerned about the bottom line. And one is like, why are you undermining me? I don't know. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Oh yes. A hundred percent. You know? And um, if you think about it, like they're kids, I mean, how bad can a kid truly be? I mean, I mean, well, yeah, it's going to be really bad, but, um, most of the kids, like, they're just kids exploring and learning themselves and, you know, pushing the boundaries of what they can get away with and stuff. It's not really bad. It's just, like, they're learning. It's, like, you know, how how can you discipline that? I mean, it's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to learn and develop and grow. And uh, maybe you don't give them a great, huge, gigantic present if they're bad, like, per se, like, you know, ish. But, um, you know, I think everybody deserves some kind of present on Christmas. Absolutely. And I think... Two, like I love in in um in the candy cane lane peppermint when she's like she's like what does Christmas mean to you and then like she keeps asking it and then she goes I'm so sick of humans explaining Christmas to me I thought it was so funny because like a lot of a lot of the movies um a lot of Christmas movies deal with what is Christmas and what is the meaning of Christmas and what what does Christmas mean to you? And we're going to cover the Grinch later. And this is also a huge theme in that as well. So I think it's very interesting because Eddie Murphy is very focused on like the family aspect of Christmas and like creating a great Christmas for his family. And like, he's all about it. But at the same point, as his kids point out, 
kind of during that climactic fight that always happens in a movie, they kind of point out that it's like, yes, he might have good intentions for it, but he really does do it for himself. He doesn't do it for his family because he can't, or his family doesn't understand why. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because there comes a point in your life when your kids grow up and they grow out and you want to keep that treasure of like those memories forever. And you, you, maybe as an adult, as a parent, you, you tend to do the stuff that like they grew out of, but you don't, you don't grow out of it because that's what you remember them as because that's your children and that's what you look at them like. And you're like, wait a minute, this is my children. I've always done this. This is what made them happy. And it might not make them happy anymore, but in your mind, you're like, you're like this is what my children want. And like you lose focus because the parent in you loses focus in the adult in them. Did that make any sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That makes sense. I totally get that. And I think too, like, I don't know, the holidays, the holidays are different for everyone. It means something to everyone and kids grow. And like, like you said, like you grow up with the traditions with your kids and then you want the kids grow up and then they want to have their own traditions. And I don't know. It's really interesting because like I'm in, I'm in that point where it's like, what do the holidays mean to me? And I think this year feels really different and weird. Doesn't it? It doesn't even feel like Christmas. I mean, we kind of said that earlier, but I don't know. It feels like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Back to the movie. <laughs> I could go on this weird tangent forever. So there is this beautiful 12 days of Christmas tree in Kringle's Peppermint's workshop or pop-up store as she refers to it as. And it's a singing, moving, dancing, giant display of the 12 days of Christmas. It's actually really cool. It's wood. It fits his theme. He's like, okay, we'll take it. And then this is the part again where I'm like, wouldn't your red flags go off? So she's like, okay, where's your credit card? Tap it. And then he has to sign this like massive receipt. He doesn't even know the price. And I was just like, okay, obviously like the lights are flickering, the toys are talking and you like, don't think that this is weird. Like it, it, it was very much like making a deal with the devil. Oh, a hundred percent. But, you know, in all honesty, when we use our credit cards, do we even look at the fine print on what we buy? Or like, we don't, we don't, because we're just like, okay, we take it as face value that it's honest, you know? And then that's, I guess, maybe human naivety, like thinking that like people wouldn't you know, mess us over. And um, he was so focused on trying to make this most amazing Christmas house because he wants that $100,000 for his kids that he didn't care, like what the consequences was. He didn't care about anything. He just, this. I'm going to get this stuff. I want to make this happen and I'll deal with repercussions later. Exactly. So now they go, they set up the house and it is the big reveal of the, on the night. And so as they, they, they have a little snafu when it's their turn to light up the house because I don't know, it's a magic tree. It takes all the power, <laughs> I assume. Um, but they finally light it up. Their house is beautiful. Everyone's jealous. And um, Eddie Murphy and his family are like really happy. His kids are happy. So he has three kids and we kind of didn't talk about them. We have the youngest daughter who's like really involved in the house and like always like believes her dad. They're kind of like the closest, I would say, out of the siblings. And then you have the eldest daughter who wants to run track in college and Eddie Murphy and his wife want her to go to the school that they went to. She wants to go far away, kind of spread her wings. And then we have a son who's bad at math, but good at music. And that's like literally his whole thing. And I was like, okay, like we could have given you a slightly better storyline. But so those are his kids and they're proud of him and everyone's proud and he's really happy. And then the next day he gets this crank phone call being like, where are all your ornaments? So he goes outside and he sees that all the card, not cardboard, but all the wood ornaments on this tree that were like the 12 days of Christmas are now vanished. And now he's like, someone is vandalizing me. He's freaking out. And then we find out that they 
came to life because of Pepper and they have golden rings and he has to collect all the golden rings because plot twist, if he doesn't collect all the golden rings, he gets turned into a talking figurine, porcelain figurine. And this is where we meet like Nick Offerman, Chris Redd. Did you know the orchestra, the little like carolers were the pentatonics? I did not. And that's actually very interesting because I thought they were really funny. They were funny. So they, so we meet all these little porcelain Christmas figurines dressed in like Christmas clothing. And we find out that if you can't complete this like deal that you signed off to with Pepper, that you will then turn into one of these porcelain figurines. Because when he sets up the tree, he has to make a wish on the um, partridge, right? He has to make a wish on the partridge. And then um, his wish is that it's the best Christmas ever. He wants to win, um, which actually is funny at the end when his kids are like, you made a wish and you didn't wish for world peace or world hung or like the end of hunger or like anything like that. I thought that was really funny. And it fits the tone of a newer generation. You know, like the newer generation would be more concerned with that instead of, you know, winning the, the ultimate prize of $100,000 and, you know, using it for nothing. So, I mean, I get it. But, um, but I see... Uh, I see his point of view, too, as like a father. You want to do what's best for your kids, you know. And, you know, yeah, the world's in trouble and the world's this and that. But as a parent, you're so focused on your children that, you you know, the rest of the world doesn't matter. It's just you got to, you want to make their lives better. Of course. And then the kids view it as like at, from the point of view is like, OK, well, if I'm going to grow up in this world, I want to grow up in like a good world. And we see that like through all the generations. Like it's 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 very interesting though, and I thought that part was really funny because he was like, "Oh, I wasn't thinking like that." Like, oops, like should I have been? So he has to collect the rings, or he's gonna turn into this porcelain figurine. Um, Nick Offerman is our main figurine, which I thought was funny, and I was like, "Why couldn't they just find a British guy?" But I do like Nick Offerman. He has this like insane old timey British accent in it, and then they have this group of carolers who are very good. And it's the pentatonics. And they're funny because anytime they hear words of a Christmas song, like anything like joy, heart, like heart, and I, I don't know, anything, like they start singing immediately. And I think that they were so cute and so funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny when Pepper goes to, like, Eddie Murphy ends up taking them, bringing them to his house, like, you know, try and save them, basically. And uh, Pepper goes and she knows they're in there, but she can't make them come out. So she starts saying stuff to make them sing. <laughs> And then the other figurines are, like, covering their mouths. They're like, you will not sing. You will not blow this for us. And then Pepper leaves a clue that, like, the elf on the shelf is going to have the last ring. And she's an elf. So they set. So now Eddie Murphy enlists the help of his family. They're collecting the rings because he thinks that they, he only needs five because in the song there's five golden rings. So he goes, okay, we need five rings. So then as he. Okay. And also the math of this movie didn't make sense. And we're going to talk about that after. So. He needs five golden rings. So they're going about, they're collecting the five rings and Pepper has the last ring. So he's like, all right, I got the last ring. We've caught, caught Pepper at the Christmas Eve finale of Candy Cane Lane when they crown the prize. It is revealed to us that it's not $100,000, but it's $100,000 in taco coupons. Yes, taco coupons. And that was great because, you know, the lady goes, oops, my bad. The, 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 the television announcer, she's like, I, I probably should have slipped that. And the guy's like, yeah, you think? <laughs> But then at the same point, what small radio station would have a hundred, like TV station would have a hundred thousand dollars? Like it, it was so funny and it made sense. And I liked them. I liked them a lot. So now Pepper's like, oh no, you actually don't need five rings. You need 40 rings because the song repeats itself. But then I was like, okay, if the song repeats itself, I, I don't know, maybe I'm bad at math, but I felt like it was more than 40. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Cause it's 12 
12 repeats and then um you figure if it repeats itself 12 times then that would be more than 40 It'd be like uh, like almost 60 i think like close to 60 like five five times 12 is 60 oh, oh i am good <laughs> but that's just rings like wouldn't it be like 2000 i don't know i don't know you guys i'm bad at math but the math of this movie was that it was 40 rings so now there's like this huge battle of like pepper versus the town because they're trying to or this family that's trying to get the rings they got like geese and hens santa comes and i thought so what i thought was funny was so santa's black santa and then tv announcer goes oh my god black santa and the male announcer who's white goes i just see santa and then she goes what color is that nutcracker and goes white and she and like kind of to like prove his point of like okay like i don't know i thought that part was really funny so santa comes and we find out that like ben had said pepper um was an elf who was demoted and then turned evil so now she said and then she signs a con they are looking at the contract that eddie murphy signed and santa's like oh i actually can't help you you signed a binding contract and i thought that was the funniest thing yeah he's like wait a minute aren't you magic can't you do anything he's like you signed it you didn't <laughs> why didn't you read the fine print you know so i thought that was great i was like oh because you know like most christmas movies would have been like oh santa will fix it with his magic you know but he's like oh no that shit's binding what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> And then, and then they're like, okay, Santa, help me a little bit. And like, Santa, like, creates like a wooden angel to like help shoot down some of the geese. So, um, is now, and it's so funny that it's eight o'clock on Christmas Eve and not midnight, like everything else. It felt so arbitrary. It's like, okay, collect all these rings by eight o'clock on Christmas Eve. It's like, what? Like, that is not a marker of time. Again, very, some of the things in this movie, like the choices were very odd to me. So it strikes eight o'clock and they only have 38 rings. And then, so then Eddie Murphy gets turned into the little guy because, as we know, the contract is binding. So now the family's upset. Santa's there just literally watching, which I honestly also kind of, okay, well, let, let's finish the story and then let's talk about it. So Santa's just kind of watching as, like, Pepper is, like, maniacally laughing that she got another soul. And then the family's, like, pleading, like, Santa, can't you do something? Can't you do something? And then he's, like, how many rings do you have? And um, Tracy Ellis Ross, Eddie Murphy's wife, is like, eight, 38. And he goes, don't you have more? So she looks down at her hand. Of course, she's wearing a gold ring. She goes, 39. And then toy Eddie Murphy's like, I have another one, 40. And then he grows back because even though they're not the golden rings that Pepper wanted them to get, since they had golden rings in their possession, kind of like a loophole, they he was able to survive. Yeah, you know, and I thought, like, the only reason Santa was there was because the little porcelain guy and the youngest daughter sent a letter to him with her christmas uh wish so i thought that was pretty cool we'll get to that but but that's the only reason santa was even there had she not done that then they would have been done because santa (laughs) doesn't care he just like okay so like not that santa doesn't care because santa does obviously care but i felt it was very like interesting how to me okay so santa santa kind of was like okay and then it wasn't even like he used his magic to help them because it kind of he just kind of like pointed out a loophole so like even though the contract he was like contracts binding but this is kind of like a loophole and like didn't even use his christmas magic but yes so the youngest daughter eddie murphy who i would call eddie murphy's favorite writes a letter to santa with her christmas wish ben do you want to say what the wish was yeah she wanted the um, porcelain figurines to come back to being normal people and so then of course santa 
can't use his magic to help this family, but uses the magic for a child's wish. <laughs> and that wish, so now all the porcelain people um, turn into real people. And then they all get to go back to the North Pole with Santa. And I don't know. And it kind of was funny to me, like, how hands-off Santa was. Because, like, you would think, like, you see Santa and other things, and he's very hands-on. And he was kind of just like, eh, whatever. It's revealed that the daughter gets to, um, is going to go to UNC because even though she blows the Notre Dame, blows it with the Notre Dame scout, the UNC, she saves the UNC scout. And I was like, UNC is better than Notre Dame anyways. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I mean, especially like the part when she's doing the tryout for the um, the track and then the the jumping um, uh, men come and they like, like mess her all up and like she has to go and get this ring. And, um, you know, the guy from Notre Dame's kind of like a jerk. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, don't betray Notre Dame like that, man. I was like, you're making, you're making Notre Dame to be like this total assholes. I'm like, that's messed up, man. I mean, but I thought it was funny. It was funny. It was really funny. And then, like, um, and then at the end, I thought it was cute. So then Pepper, her punishment is that she actually becomes one of the porcelain dolls. In, um, and then Santa's like, well, if you do good, you can work your way up to reindeer poop scooper I don't know like someone and just like I hate the reindeer and then um Eddie Murphy's character instead of going back to his sales job since he loves Christmas so much he actually takes over Kringle so it's not a magical pop-up it is now actually a permanent store and he recalls it Chris Kringles is this like a nod to that maybe he's the next Santa it could be that's actually something to think about and then when they're at Christmas day he gives the the rival neighbor a shirt to celebrate Christmas and like he kind of catches the guy off guard and then the the guy Pip he shows up at the door and you know I, I, now I thought you know maybe I'm wrong I thought Pip was out of time I don't think he belonged in that time I think Pepper did it a long time ago and he had nowhere to go I totally agree and I think it's like in his clothes and when he brings a mallard I also was like where did you find a mallard you should have just gone back to the North Pole with everyone else. But no, Pip was absolutely out of time because Santa and elves are immortal. So why wouldn't why wouldn't we have one from every time period? But I thought it was funny. Like he didn't want to go. He I, I think he hated Christmas and he had no family. And I oh, I wish we found out what Pip's wish was because he's the only one whose wish we don't find out. Like the other people are talking about like their wishes and how they got there. Yeah, it was kind of odd to me too. I thought maybe, maybe he didn't have a wish. Maybe like Pip was just like uh, an animated figure that she put brought to life, and he really had nowhere to go. He had nothing but knowing how to be a porcelain figure, and because he never mentions like family, he never mentions anything. He says, "I've been like this a very, very, very long time." Of course, and I so I took that as Pip Pip's wish, like from guessing and speculation. Was this is from like obviously like Victorian era England. And I think it was he wished for a family because he's kind of like, oh, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have a family. I've been like this a long time. I'm all alone. Da da da. So I imagine his wish was for a family, which I was like, okay, Pepper, you're a little evil for not giving this dude a family. Like he seems so alone. Um, but then I thought it was nice that he like went back to Eddie Murphy and they were all friends. And then, um, yeah, Eddie Murphy opens up Chris Kringle's, which, okay. So movie, good, fun. The magic and some of the math of it did not make sense to me. Oh, I 100% agree. Like I said, if you go into this with an open mind saying, all right, it's just a Christmas movie, 
And is it good? Yes. Is it original? Yes. Were the, was uh, was it ever done before? Like, could you say, oh, this reminds me of this? Not really, because it was very original. And I, I that's what I liked about it. It was something that was new. Um, it was it was cute. And it's family friendly. I thought that was really good. It was family friendly. And at the end of the day, if you look at it and go, all right, you know, I watch this with my family every year for Christmas just because it has a cute meaning. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's like a, it's like a silly fun like throw it on while like you're wrapping cr- gifts or like decorating the tree or doing anything like that. Like it's cute and it's Eddie Murphy, so there's going to be that like level of like hijinks and like silliness and I don't know, Eddie Murphy, I feel like uh, he started off very funny. Kind of got like in the like early 2000s pigeonholed as like this like family man kind of comedy actor, and I think he's been doing that and this is like I think a continuation of that, but I don't know. Like I think he I think he could do a lot more because i think he's a good serious actor i like eddie murphy i don't know i don't know but it's a cute movie watch it tracy ellis ross isn't she's great and it's fun it's like ben said it's original so it's cute it's fun and it's a good it's a good holiday time so of course being the holiday season we are going to be covering a lot of holiday films do you guys have any suggestions that you want to see or listen or have us cover let us know um we are just going to burn through some of our like classics and favorites um i think that's our plan but but we're wanting to know what you think because that's what we're here for we're here for you and we appreciate all your suggestions and i appreciate that you guys listen to us and you know make our ratings do good on, on overseas thank you very much and you know have a happy holiday no matter where you are no matter what you celebrate i hope it's the best holiday you have absolutely thank you thank you thank you and catch us next time on was happening